Hey guys, welcome to the sixth podcast of the 2021 American Art Enduro season. This is Will Preston. I'm here with Drew Kirby. Well, Drew, how was your Easter weekend? Well, we got to go racing. It was uh, cold in the morning, but it could not have been any nicer in the afternoon. Ended up at 65 degrees. Uh, Want to talk about what we raced this weekend? Yeah. So the Sear Southeastern Extreme Riders Bootlegger Hard Enduro, Extreme Enduro, what do you want to call it, started one week and 45 minutes late. Oh, it did. I forgot about it. You threw me off for the 45 minutes. But yeah, they ended up postponing it. We had a ton of weather come through the week of the race. <clears throat> they actually postponed it, what, on Thursday? Yeah. Um, got some people upset, but I think they made the right call. I mean, we hadn't had rain since Wednesday of last week, and people were getting stuck getting in the parking area. So, yeah, I saw a, a blue van. Yep, a blue Ford Blueberry van. Had a lot of trouble. Yeah, had to Getting towed in. Right, just to get to the track. Just to get to the track. So they made the right call. It was. It ended up being hero dirt. I'm sure we'll get into it in the podcast. But overall, it was a great weekend. Got to race Saturday, spend Sunday with the family. Yeah, and then actually Saturday night, even got to do some Easter stuff because we're only about two hours from that area. And I'm sure most of y'all are familiar with the Trials Training Center. This was down the cove from the Trials Training Center, literally five minutes away on the Keener property. Yep, and if you've ever been to TKO and ridden the practice loop down the road, um, that is what we were riding pretty much. Were you surprised how much of it you recognized from the TKO loop? It was funny because I said someone, I said that flowy stuff at the end of the loop was what was part of the practice loop that we've ridden. They were like, so you've ridden the course? And I said, like five years ago maybe. Yeah, in a different direction. Yep, 100%. Well, did you you see the step up? Big rock, oh yeah. That we went down? No, the big, you remember the big step-up road gap? Oh, yes, I remember it. We went down that. Did we really? I did yeah, not Yeah, because the it. first lap, I was like, oh, man, I was hoping they'd have us going up this, but... Oh, no, I didn't. I yeah. was I was in go mode, not look-around mode. Well, apparently I was in look-around <laughs> mode um, and suck-and-win mode, but... Well, so, as we start this podcast, we want to look back to the grinding stone, or we want to just get straight into it? Yeah, let's, let's take a look back at the grinding stone. Of course, we had Bryce and Devin from Colorado... They, they were at the race, and they did a podcast for us. So if y'all haven't listened to that one, go listen to that. Those guys did a really good job. It's probably nice hearing some other people talk about Hard Enduro other than Drew and I. But uh, go listen to that. Obviously, y'all probably know the results. Cody Webb won. Tristan Hart got second. Yep. Taylor Robert was third. Colton Haker fourth. And Cooper Abbott putting a really strong ride in fifth. Absolutely. That guy's coming on. Well, and, and you know, we haven't talked about the race, and... It looked so scary. And for, for me, who tends to fall down more than most, I would have been petrified at some of that stuff because you make a mistake and you were going way down. And I'm very, I'm more of the calculated, no, I'm going to make it before I try it. So I probably would have just been at the first difficult spot waiting all day. Yeah, I, I talked to, let's see, I've talked to uh, Ryder LeBlanc quite a bit. And then I talked to Tristan Hart and he was like, aren't you glad you weren't there? And I said, I'm really glad I wasn't there. It looked very scary. Yeah, and I think we talked to Bobby Cornwell yep. at the race this weekend. He had been there and he said he made one lap and then he made the decision. He's like, all right, I'm, I'm going to tear something up. I'm going to break my bike or my body. Well, he said that the first lap, it was pretty clean. There wasn't <laughs> much lap traffic. Um, and he knew when he did his second lap that he was going to have to take some sketchy lines to uh, to get around what he thought was going to be bottleneck. So he just called it a day. And he'd spent, I think, a couple weeks out in Arizona and made a trip out of it. So that is the, the results I read to you would be the standings for the Western Extreme Championship Series at the moment. The second round is coming up this weekend. 
which is combined with the Eastern Extreme Championship. Yep. Do you understand fully how they're doing the points for the pro class? So I will try to explain what I think Please I know. Because you're, you're probably no more than me. But let's go with there's going to be East champions and there's going to be West champions. And then I think there's going to be an overall champion and that, of the pro class. Yeah, that's the way I understand it. Yes. Only the pro class has the combined. Yes. But and then the pro class is not going to have a separated East versus West. I don't know about that. Okay. I well, can't confirm nor deny. I'm sure Eric Kudla can chime in in the uh, discussion part of this. Well, and I'll be at the Rev Limiter this weekend, so I'll ask Mark Cook as well. Excellent. Okay, so let's go back to Sequatchie this past weekend. Yeah, let's talk about what we just did, because I'm still sore. Yeah, I'm, I'm really not that sore, which I guess that means I didn't try hard enough, but I've got a, a calf. It feels like I'm dehydrated. A little cramp going on. That's about it. Left, left calf. Well, I actually finished the race, and you know, normally you take inventory... And I didn't think I had any bumps or bruises. And on the drive home, I got a little cough. And uh, I think I took a handlebar to the middle of the right chest. And it's almost like an injured rib. So coughing, sneezing, laughing hard is definitely not enjoyable. You know that section that was? it felt like it was a mile long of off-camber, loose rocks towards the end of the lap, up on the side of that hill? You know what I'm talking about? I had my melt down there. So I went OTB... And caught myself with my helmet against a rock, and I saw snowflakes for a few moments. Oh, well, so what I'm thinking of is a little before that. That would have been the third gold line. Yeah, that um, sounds right. And it was, if you've ever ridden TKO, it's just a ton of little rocks, and they were so slick, and they moved. And I literally picked my bike up, went a foot, it fell over. I picked it up, went another foot, fell over the other direction. And this went on for at least four times before I finally just said, I'm going to take a minute. Just chill. And then I just drove right up it after that. So it's just, I was so gassed and oh, I was, but well, I know where you're talking about. And that stuff was five times slicker the first lap, in my opinion, than it was later. A hundred percent. And, and I, we talked to Ryder afterwards and he was like, God, that last lap, he's like, traction was there. Yeah. Oh, it, it got, it got so much better. And the, the thing that I thought was going to be the worst, I walked some of the track on Friday. Some of the hill climbs, the downhills obviously got horrible. Like, we knew they were. There was water running down them. A couple of the hill climbs that we thought were going to be a problem weren't. I never had an issue with them. But, man, we got in some rock gardens that I did not see being as hard as they were. Yeah, and I don't know if it was just first lap jitters or, you know, me having been off the bike for a little bit. But that first lap. I could not go in and get going in those rock gardens. I couldn't go straight. And, right. And so let's go back to the start. So as we've talked about, Sear does it more hare scramble style. They actually split up a couple of the classes into age groups, but the gold line is still just all the gold guys. And there was 40 of us. It felt like 100. Yeah, so there was 40, and it was a, a short, we had about 40 feet right turn, and there was an option to go over this big rock. And then we had to do a U-turn around the rock and then around the outside. Well, I got a great start. Ryder LeBlanc was to my left, and so I kind of pushed him a little wide, and he went over the rock, and so I was like, I'm not crashing over that to start my day. <laughs> so I'm going around the rock, and as I'm going around the rock, I see something out of the corner of my eye, and it's Travis Wilson. He just hit this rock. Hotline. Hotline. On an angle, jumped over the ribbon, and landed. And in my head, I thought he broke the ribbon. But On replay, it was a sick move. It was so sick. So I've been giving him a hard time since the race about how he broke the ribbon, but upon video review, Travis is a hell of a line. So Travis led the bootlegger for at least a few feet. No. No. Oh, 
<laughs> maybe for a few feet. But by the time he hit the ground and got on the gas, Ryder was flying. And I'll be honest, I was not ready for the intensity for the first two miles. And and that's what Jordan Ashburn said. Yeah. Yeah, he told us at the He's end. He's like, this is more intense than a GNCC off the, off the gate. And he said he didn't, like, I guess with a GNCC, all of those XC1 guys kind of know each other, what they're going to do. They're not going to go crazy and spaz out. There's no prediction. Dude, we were going crazy. I was, so, let's see, I was third after Travis's sweet maneuver, and I think I yelled a few choice words at him under my helmet, <laughs> thinking it was a hotline. But anyway, so... Uh, Billy Myers, I thought it was Jordan. It was a guy on a Husky, and I mean, he we, we were in some sand around the creek, and he just blew by me, and I was like, okay, let's settle in. So Travis was in third. It was Ryder, Billy, Travis, then me. And so I'm like, all right, let's just cruise. So we cruise, we cruise. All of a sudden, Travis turns right. I'm like, where's Travis going? He found a little hotline that Will and I might have seen also, but I would have going to miss it, but he took it. Well, by the time I got there, there was, <laughs> there was absolutely a trail beaten in. Oh, I can imagine. It was like, I don't know. 30 bikes in front of me, at least. Yeah. Oh, so you didn't get a good start then. Okay, so what happened on the start? Yeah, let's go back start? to your start. Yeah. The f- okay, for some reason, you know, everything just happened really quick right, right at the start of the race. It was like National yep. Anthem. Yeah, when they when we killed the bikes after we started them at the National Anthem, it was like 10 seconds to go. Yeah, it was like 10 seconds. So I'm, I'm trying to go GoPro, goggles. I'm like, okay, well, what am I forgetting? My watch, you know, take a drink of water, and it's like flags up. I hit my button. Nothing. I hit my button again, nothing. So I'm, I'm like starting to get really pissed. Finally hit my button. I'm moving, but literally the whole, the whole freaking field is in the first turn. So I'm like, what's the best option here? So I go wide all the way around the rock, through the sand. You know, I'm picking off people. I'm doing all right. Go all the way around. And you know when we cross the road? So when I crossed the road, somebody roosted me so hard. It was so muddy right my there. My vision went dark. Oh, that's never a good so feeling. So I had to go goggles around the neck, up that hill. So I'm just getting sandblasted oh, by the... So everything. Basically, I, I was like, all right, I'm going to have to stop sooner or later and clear my goggles. I had one tear off. So luckily, I was able to not get off the bike I was or not stop completely. I was okay. able to get the tear off torn and get the goggles back on. And only a couple guys got by me. So then I find myself amongst, you know, the scrubs of the pro class. <laughs> or the guys like me, the gold class. And um, one of our friends, Sean Leader, who happens to be an ex-pro mountain biker. I'm watching some of the lines he's taking down hills. He's just like off trail, just passing people like a madman. It was all, it was pretty fun watching him. Of course, he eventually crashed and <laughs> crashed hard. You know Dude, that walk? That he told walk? me. Oh, he told me. But it, for any for anybody that rode the gold line, there was this log, and you couldn't ride off of it. You oh, he tried. Had, yeah, he, he told me later, but you had to carry your front wheel just enough, and I guess he tried to skid plate it, and he, he said he went down hard. That's where his meltdown began, he said. Yeah, and Drew Dobbs was right in front of me, and then there was another rider in front of Drew, and then Sean was gathering his things in front of the four of us. And I, I said something to Drew, because Drew was putting his... He was off the bike and pushing his bike over the log, and I was like, can we ride off of that? He looks around, and he goes, well, this guy tried. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that was the beginning of the end for Sean. Um, but, so, one thing they did, I think, that was really smart, so, like Will said, it was, it, it favored, like, hair scramble fast guys on that first little bit. I mean, yeah, I, I was not ready for it, and so I pumped up. They bypassed the first gold section. That was which, nice. 
because when we came back around <laughs> on the second lap, that was the first gold section we hit, and it was one line. It wasn't super hard. Well, it would have it would have been a parking yeah. lot if, because, if you had thirty eight. 40 yeah, riders in there. When we even got to the, the first hard spot, even the gold guys were bunching up. I mean, I made, for everything I lost, because I ended up fourth, then I hit a tree, got passed by three guys, then I crashed and broke my front fender, which ended up being the hardest part of my entire day, <laughs> was my front fender was turned either to the left at a 30-degree angle or to the right at a 30-degree angle. So it was bouncing back and forth? I, well, I would take my hand and hit it one way, and it would never <laughs> stay in the middle. So I, I had the hardest time going straight. But once it started getting rough... Then it, it didn't of, matter. No, it didn't. Well, you I couldn't know. go straight. I couldn't. But so it was the biggest challenge I think for me was those slick rock gardens. What front tire were you running, Drew? I had the Kenda gnarly front tire, and I was cussing. It was either my suspension or my tire, or the fact that I thought when I crashed that my front wheel was crooked because mm. I couldn't tell because the front fender was so blocking you. But I I couldn't go straight. I mean, even on normal trail, I was hitting stuff, and I don't know if it was tire suspension, but you said it was slick for you as well. Yeah, and I was running a Washugal too, not a gnarly, not a sticky compound. Was it a brand new one? Brand new one. Okay. And, like, I, I don't know. It was just a, the same amount of deflection. Okay. I think it was just the terrain. And like you said, it got better every lap. Um, the lines kind of got ridden in, because some of the stuff was so fresh. Like, it looked like people had walked it, and that was it. Right. Um, and then I thought, so... There was a hill they called the ski slope. Oh, my and goodness. And I don't even think that was a ski slope. The ski slope was the downhill we had to do before that uphill. Yeah. Uh, are you, You're saying that the ski slope was an uphill? Yes. So that last power horsepower hill with the root ball halfway up was what they were calling the ski slope. To be honest with you, I did not even notice any uphills. No. The, the uphills were no problem. No. It was hero dirt. Yep. You could just... Put Same. it in second and let her eat. Yep. If, as long as you didn't get like a big kick at the bottom or something. Mm-hmm. And then if you did, I, I was going up once on my second lap. You turn. And no, like three guys crashed like right in the line. It was Silver Riders. We were lapping. And so I just went back down and that's when Ryder lapped me. And he came through. Which time? Uh, he only lapped me once. Oh, he lapped me a number of times. <laughs> he, well, we'll talk about it in the end when he caught me when my bike wouldn't start. But Okay. Um, so, but I literally just did a U-turn and here he came, I put it in second and I went up to the first climb. Then there was like a little staging area. You turn right and went up the bigger climb and he never slowed down. And I said, well, if it works for him, I never slowed down and we went right to the top. Well, and, and then I, I thought the ski slope was that downhill where Troy was the first lap. Where we skied our bikes down. Yes. And apparently Ryder just rode it down, never slowed down, just, just like it's nothing. So he must have taken all the traction. Well, so when I got there, I'd been passed by, I think it was Jackson Davis and JoJo Tool. And they were, you're going along, and what is that, a rock bluff. You yeah. have to do a left turn. A little waterfall shower? Oh, it was nice. Yeah. So right after the waterfall shower, you have to turn down the hill. But it wasn't a, just a 90 degree. It was more like a what? A 110 degree? Like yeah. hard back left. So once we did that, JoJo got on his bike, rolled off that big rock. And hit the bottom and turned left. I said, well, Ooh, he did it. So catch I, burn. I did it the first time. The second time, I wanted no part of it. Well, and if if you follow us on Facebook, I put a, uh, I shared Troy's video from there. Mind the language, but um, <laughs> it, it's a quality video. It kind of just shows you how steep it is. Yep. I'm one of those riders in all black gear. I look miserable, pathetic. <laughs> You, you were moving faster than the other guys. Uh, Everyone else was being that. cautious, and you just kind of let it go. Uh, it was, Yeah, probably because I couldn't hold on. 
Well, and, and that was, so that was the upper part of the hill. Then there was like a middle part. And then the last, what, 50 feet down to the creek was, it ended up getting me worse on the second lap because it got so slick. Right. I almost went off into the creek. And okay. a, a nice guy helped me there. So you, you go over that, the big log, and then I think there was another log. So I was on that second log, and I just hear somebody coming, and all of a sudden it's Wait, like... Wait, were you in the creek, those logs? Yes. Okay, gotcha. And I just hear crashing and OTB and turn around and it's, it's Ashburn. And he's like, what the? You know, I've never heard him cuss, but until <laughs> that moment, he's like, these SO. And he was just like, he was having a moment. So, uh, of course, he gathered himself like a, like a beast and just picked that bike up like as a toy and, and he's gone, you know. But um, if Ryder people rode had a hard time. I need to talk to Ryder this weekend and see if he rode down that second part that goes into the creek. And even. So we dropped down to the creek, and then from the dirt into the creek was like a four-foot rock drop. And if you went straight, I think you were going over the bars. And if you... That's went, that's where he crashed hard. Okay. Is going down that rock drop. Yeah, and because I walked it the first lap. Jackson Davis rolled it in front of me the second lap. Woo. I was like, here we go. And I uh, I got lucky. Jackson's yeah, big and, and flexible, so he must have been able to really get that weight back. Well, so... For anyone that was at the race, where we're talking about down this creek, on the other side, there was a split option. You could uh, go left. I went left the first or, lap. Or you could go oh right. My God. And when we looked at it, we thought, okay, maybe. So we walked the left line, and I should have said something to Will. I never even thought about it. Thanks. But the left line was like 20 minutes. Oh, yeah. And the right line was like one. Me, Sam Sylvie, and Corey Jordan were stuck over on the left line. And Sam and Corey were up a- above me. And they were they were talking about teaming up, and I was like, "Screw this! I'm not teaming up. There's no way." Help me, please. <laughs> no, I was like, "I'm not teaming up." So I took a different way. It was kind of a, it was all the way at the bottom, but then I started started back up, and then hung left. Somehow found traction, made my way up between a big stump and a tree, got up to the first like little root ball hole. Yep, know we're talking about. So I was above Sam, so Corey's still above me, so I had to do a pivot. And got a little bit of traction and drive. And here comes Blake Terry. So, Blake has caught me. Because he took the good right line. Oh, gotcha. Okay. And uh, Blake started on the silver row. So, I see Blake jump off his motorcycle. And he runs over and he grabs my front tire. And he, he pulled me up the last 10 feet. <laughs> Thank you, Blake. And that gave me a lot of energy. And I was like, okay. Here we go. Well, so. so, I think that was double That was double good. Well, it was good for you and good for Blake. Because he said when he caught you, he was like, oh, I'm riding good. Yes. And so, he <laughs> said he never saw you again after that. But it gave him the confidence to like, okay, he caught Sam and he caught Sean. He's doing it. Yeah. He, he Blake's putting in a little work. Yeah. He's, he's got the shirt running good. Exactly. Sorry about that. Dropping my pen. Um, but no, so it was, man, it was a good race. It was harder than I thought it was going to be. I struggled more. I, I was good. I think I worked my way up to fifth place at one point in the middle of the race, and then I just I put the anchor out. So we, we talked about the first place rider, which is Ryder LeBlanc. We talked about Jordan Ashburn, who got yep. third. But second, Pat Smaj. Well, okay, so obviously I haven't been passed. Here comes Ryder. He passes me. Yeah. I'm like, okay, where's Jordan? Because before the race, we talked about it, and I thought as fast as this is, it's going to favor GNCC Ryder. Guys. It's going to favor Jordan. It's going to favor Nick. And I thought Quinn and Pat were going to struggle just because of how fast the it was. speed. And it wasn't that fast. No. The end of the last quarter was a little fast. But So Ryder passed me at 12.28 p.m. So, of course, I'm looking at my watch, looking at my watch, waiting on Jordan. I hear somebody coming. It's 12.50. 
and it was past Maj. 22 minutes later. Yeah. Of course, you've been moving, so. Yeah, but but still. Yeah. And then probably a couple minutes after him, Jordan caught me. And Jordan kind of got hung up, and I yelled at him, he's two minutes ahead of you, and he took off, never saw him again. But yeah. that was a surprise, and Pat just said that him and Jordan, he goes, man, I was not ready for that at the beginning. Those guys, he said Nick was just... Who said this? This is Pat Smudge. Okay. Talking about how intense it was, and, and I guess he's battled some arm pump. Cody said most trials guys do. <laughs> I think most guys yeah. do. Dude, I was so pumped up on that first sprint. Oh, my gosh. Well, and our mountain bike friend, Sean, he experienced <laughs> true arm pump for the first time. He was... It, <laughs> It, it, uh, for anyone who's never experienced it, when you do experience it, this is what they've been talking about. I, I, it's dangerous. He kept saying, yeah. it's just dangerous, you man. You can't hold on. You can't, pull, <laughs> you can't do anything. Like, yep, that's arm pump. Um, uh, so, yeah, let's go back. So, it was it was Ryder, Pat Smaj, Jordan Ashburn. Nick Farringer. And Nick Farringer. He ended up, did you hear, he got a hole in his gas tank. Yeah. Did you hear how he got a hole in his gas tank? No. Tell me. So, I thought he fell and a stick punctured it. I thought a rock got him. So, it turns out he was doing some... I don't know, what's the nice word? Caveman engineering, and was prying on something with an incorrect tool, and a he shoved a screwdriver through his gas tank. So that explains the self-inflicted comment. Yep. Okay. So I didn't know that till later, and I was like, oh. So he rode, he rode, he finished the first lap with with gas spewing out on his leg. So then he pulls up to Blake Terry, who we mentioned before, and he looks at Blake and goes, and Blake's riding a Sherco, and Nick's obviously on his Sherco. He looks at Blake and he goes, Blake, do you have an eight millimeter? Blake's like. Yeah, I've got one. Why? He goes, you want to switch gas tanks? Blake's like, heck no. I'm still out here riding. Sorry, man. So Nick ended up finishing the lap, going back to the van, getting his practice bike tank off, swapping tanks, and still ended up fourth place. Yeah, and uh, Quinn was in the hunt, too, there for podium. Um, I can't remember exactly what those guys kind of, when they passed me, they all passed me. There's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. But um, I came around to the where we just talked about on my second lap to the top of that left right hill mm-hmm. and Quinn was sitting there with Gavin and uh, Gavin Smith Gavin Smith and Gavin was actually working the event the event kind of riding kind of working yeah whatever he, he I think he got the day off when he didn't think he was gonna have the day yeah off. and he'd pre-ridden the course the week before so he's like hey I'm just out here for fun and right he ended up helping Quinn with what Will's about to talk about yeah so Quinn was Sitting there looking a little deflated, and I, I cut my bike off. I was so pumped up at this point. I was like, what's going on? He's like, man, I, I think it blew up. And um, basically, it sounded like a seized piston or something. So, And what is Quinn riding? I'm going to make you say it. The Rieju. <clears throat> Riehu. Riehu. I think so. Okay, well, I, I missed. But anyways, they were both like, you know where we are? Like, how, how do we get back? And I was like, uh, yeah, I think you're as far as you can get. You got to go downhill yep. and get to the gravel. I'm like, there's no other way. It was so as a crow flies, it was two miles in on a gnarly, creaky flooded. road, flooded creek road to the bottom of where they were. Because we rode our dirt bikes in and then hiked the trail the day before. And they were, like you said, as far away as you could be. When we left at, I think it was four o'clock central time, they thought they had him an hour and a half from getting him out. And it was Gavin. And two other guys helped pull him out. And I saw J-Lo put a yep. picture of Quinn's bike on the back of his four-wheeler. As he was getting it out in that like flooded. two-foot deep creek. Yep, in that flooded road we're talking about. So, But Quinn still ended up anywhere, we think it was seventh. The, seventh, eighth. We don't know if Billy Myers yep. finished ahead of he and Josh Vender yep. or not. 
Yeah, we there were some mix-ups in scoring. It had JoJo below me, um, and he was above me. So Yeah, I've got – what I have is Jeremiah Burkhart in fifth, Josh Vender sixth, Quinn Winsell seventh, Jackson Davis, nice ride Jackson in eighth, JoJo Tool in ninth, and Drew Kirby in tenth. But we think Billy Myers is maybe sixth or seventh. I know Billy beat everyone up. I think he was behind Jeremiah, I think. Okay. Um, but he, he definitely passed Quinn and made a checkpoint. And I never saw Nick or Quinn on the course, so I, I never knew Quinn was ahead of me. Yeah. Um, I had that good start, but like I said, I had a couple mishaps. And after watching my GoPro, which I'm uploading at the moment. Ooh. Um, I'm scared to look at mine. <laughs> I've never seen so much mud on a GoPro. <laughs> I think it all happened, like, in that road crossing. Oh, when you got yes. when you went dark. Yeah. That, was, that was the start of the COVID crusher for me. Jackson Davis blacked me out. And yep. I, I reached for a tear-off, and I think I got all of them, but I didn't care. Remember that one National Enduro where I got tsunami? Oh, by a 400-pound man? Yeah. That was, and I was right behind you and witnessed all of it. Yeah, that was great. Um, but no, so it was, for the first race at that event, um, the only issue we started, Will said it kind of at the top, 45 minutes late, um, there was kind of a holdup getting people into the parking lot paying gate fee, and that was really loud. Hey, look at um, that. It's a uh, Red Bull notification. Yeah. So we started at 1045, which... Hey, let it warm up a little bit. My hands never got cold, so I'm happy. Yeah. I yeah. mean, what did you think? Good course? Bad course? Do you like it? Um, I hated it. <laughs> like, really hated it the okay. first lap. Okay. Second lap, I really liked it. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. Um, so, it, it was definitely a love-hate relationship for me. Um, I, the first lap, I thought it was too dangerous. Um, I thought, this is dumb. Some of those downhills. I thought that on the second time I came down those downhills. I was like, I don't, again, gravity just takes you. I think that knowing what to anticipate and knowing how much more hell you have to go through to get to the finish line, you know, for me, I I don't know. I'm I'm still trying to figure it out. I'm having problems. (laughs) Okay, we'll leave that one there. (laughs) Um, So I guess what's next? Like I said, I, I enjoyed it. The course was harder than I thought, and there was a lot of stuff that, I didn't see in there, but I thought it was a good course. It was spread out more, so... Can you imagine if they could link the cliffhanger course... That'd be awesome. ...up with the bootlegger course? I mean... I, there's, there's The boot hanger? <laughs> that'd be a good one. I was hanging by my boots at some point. <laughs> right. There is potential. I mean, even back in there, there's still... The cliffhanger? I mean, they literally laid this course out, all brand new trail. Other yeah. than what? Maybe two miles of stuff we... Uh, that we'd ridden, like we said before. My dog keeps breaking into my office. Yeah, we need to lock the door better. Um, but no, so I, I enjoyed it. You know, the SEER races, they're, I think we had 150, 160 people. Man, I think it was more like 180. I mean, it's a great turnout. You know, the scoring, we had a little issues with that, but we saw the first grinding stone have some issues with that. So Right. So we kind of referred to this earlier. Rev limiter. I mean, it's a quick turnaround for you, Drew. Now I, when I, are you leaving? Um, Friday morning early. I cleaned my bike up today to see what the damage was. Um, so let's go back to talk about the end of the sear. Oh, okay. Boot, boot legger, boot hanger. So I roll boot up liquor. to the, would have been the first checkpoint, and JoJo Tool was right in front of me, and he says, hey, man, do you think we should keep going? And I'm like, well, yep. we got 45 minutes left. He's like, I don't think we make the next check. I'm like, heck with it, let's go, because it was the long... It was probably, what, a two-mile gold section where all the downhills and uphills we're talking about were. Um, it was pretty brutal. So I said, heck, heck, let's go. I hit the start button. Heck, yes. Durr, durr, nothing. Okay, something's going on. Well, long story short, I spent the next 45 minutes trying to fix my bike. I tried 
fuses. I tried fuel tanks, fuel pumps, you name it. Ended up, my start, excuse me, my kill button had hung up and was not letting the bike start. So, so your kill button was activated. Was activated, like I was holding it the whole time. And uh, big shout out to Adam McCluskey and Travis Wilson for uh, helping me out and let me borrow some parts. And Travis unplugged the kill switch and fired, fired right up. up. Yeah, and for all those that have never experienced this on a TPI bike, the kill switch connection is under the tank. Normally it's in front of the, or behind the number plate, but... Uh-huh. I'd never seen one. It was all the way under the tank. So, that that's a good thing. Just to have, yeah, until you can't get to it. Yeah, until you have to take your tank off. Right. All right. So moving on. Yeah. So moving on. Rev limiter is this weekend. We need to talk to Mark. We need to talk to Josh. Um, see what's going on there. But um, Bridgeport is that right? That is correct. Bridgeport, Texas. They're doing a prologue. Is this happening? I haven't heard because. I don't know if I'll be there in time. Oh, or was it supposed to be Saturday night? I, we need to we need to get a call in to Mark, yeah. I believe. So I looked at the schedule this morning, and it showed a race Saturday morning and then hot laps Saturday at 1. Didn't see anything about a prologue. Okay. So, so the hot laps will probably be on the OHV property. Yeah, that's what we did last year. Kind of to set the field for the Sunday racing. Okay, well... If we have an update with that, we'll try to come out with a new podcast or at least post it up on our social yeah. channels. And, and Mark and them have been good about putting plenty on social media to inform you about what's going on. Um, so maybe we can, we can get some answers from uh, Mark or MJ or Shecker. Right. So, and then the I guess the biggest thing that we've heard recently about the Revlimiter is some of the Euros coming over. Yeah, I heard a rumor that Mario, Roman, and Johnny Walker were trying to get visas to get over here and race it. So we got a Sherco rider, Factor Sherco, and a Gas Gas rider possibly coming. Or a Beta rider. That's what I meant. That's what you meant. Uh, red. Red. It's all red. Honda. Honda. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, so we'd heard they were trying to get visas, um, but I, I, what Mario won the override in December down there. Yeah. Well, it was in Rocky Ridge, but still close Texas. enough. Um, so, and who knows? You know, we talked about it before the podcast. What? How's Johnny riding? How's the beta? I, um, I know. I saw he got maybe second in a one of those, uh, those British extreme okay. enduros okay. a few weeks ago. Well, I mean, he's a good rider. If he can stay healthy, I think he's a force. Yeah, and then between Cody Webb and Tristan Hart and Taylor Robert, Taylor Robert, and Colton Baker. I mean. And Cooper coming on. Ryder LeBlanc. And Ryder is really I, coming on. So I, we got to the trials training center early on Friday. Ryder and I went and rode trials Friday afternoon. And I was blown away. And I asked him, I was like, Ryder, he's on a gas gas. I was like, is this the first trials bike you've ever had? And he said, yeah. He said, he, you know, he played around. He's had it since he was five? No, he's had it like since September. And it was impressive. He, he looked good. So I was going to make another joke about he just turned 11. <laughs> <laughs> He is young, but he's he's got talent. So I think, you know, Cody dominated last time. Tristan was upset about it and said Cody just was better than me uh, at the Rev Limiter last year. So yeah, those those guys are definitely. I think Cody and Tristan, as far as American riders, are a step ahead right now. Mm-hmm. But I think there's a group of guys really closing the door. Yeah, I mean, as Taylor Roberts gets gets more experience in the rough stuff, I mean, he's going to be good. Colton Haker's always a force. Yeah. So. Any predictions? Do we want to want to put our money where their mouth is, or something like that? I mean, I'm going to have a hard time going against Cody right now. I mean, right. he won Grinding Stone. You know, he won Rev Limiter last year, so I'm going to have to go to Cody. 
And maybe we'll throw this out. We could have a little pick contest. Somebody picks the top three, get a T-shirt. Yeah. And I, I will be at Rev Limiter. I'll have some. My wife will be there, so hopefully we can have a decent amount out there. But I, I don't know. I think it's up in the air. Um, it's supposed to be warm. I think it's supposed to be in the 80s. Uh, not much rain. You know, last year it was hot and dusty. Um, yeah. I, I heard it was going to be Texas heat this weekend. I hope not. I, it was. I kind of hope it will be. It was sixty-five. Just I can't go. It was sixty-five degrees this past weekend, and I was burning down. <laughs> I'm not ready for the heat yet. Yeah, that was about perfect hard enduro weather. Couldn't have been better. Could not have been no, better. It really couldn't have. Um, the, and the only problem with that the, the bootlegger race is the really good spectating was really far away. That right. one gold line was close, but um, and and I know this year going to the back to the rev limiter, they've moved the starting line and the pits and the camping down into the quarry in the bottom there. So everyone's going to be a little more together than they were last time. I wonder, are they still having all the other events going on? I think it's just going to be by itself. That's that's probably a good thing. Yeah, it was, there was a lot going on. It, yeah, it, it makes for a lot of dust when you have that many people moving mm-hmm. around. I mean, the, the rally cross rally cars? cars were pretty awesome, though. Yeah, yeah. You um, and Jarrett and Blake. Yes, got a ride in them. It was, it was, Blake and Jarrett said I was with Jarrett Bowen last night, and he said that was the highlight of his Rev Limiter race. <laughs> so, yeah, mine was destroying the fork. Oh, that was so beautiful. Yeah, that but, was fun. Um, so, one other piece of news that dropped on April 1st, we weren't sure if it was accurate or a joke, was Keith Curtis to Factory One Sherco. Sherco? So, he's going to be a dual factory athlete. He's not going to be at Rev Limiter, but sounds like he's going to be at most of the other AMA Extreme events. He's like a 42-time world champion. You undershot it. I think it's 68. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Something. We'll go uh, for a 69 for Max. Boom. Um, yeah. Any other rumors? Um, last Dog rumor? I heard Last Dog might be getting canceled, but I don't know that for sure. Um, okay. With COVID still going on in California... I know there were some issues, maybe, so we'll see. That would be unfortunate. Um, I was kind of hoping that that one would happen, so a couple of the riders in the Sear race would have to go to the last dog. Oh, is that on the same weekend? Yeah. Uh, I didn't even realize that. Yeah, we need that to happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, because I guess, ugh, can't talk. I guess Ryder would be going to that because he's won both the first two races by a handy margin. Yeah, and, and the next Sear race coming up, it looks like it's May 15th or 16th. It's a night race. Yes, looking forward to that. Got a helmet light. Got to get it mounted up. Thanks. Big shout out to Task Racing. Yeah. Um, I, I, I ordered the same setup you did, so did hopefully you? you like yours. Well, hopefully. And they, last year they had the air airflow goggles or air. Yeah. And those are, I, I saw someone wearing them this weekend. I don't remember who it was, but they actually worked. I would have enjoyed them. Um, and we also had a big shout out to SLM Racing, K, KTM of North Texas. Um, I'm loving my TPI bike, other than the kill switch hanging up, which I'm not going to blame on the bike. It might have been the rider. Yeah, and, and if, if we had a little more time, I was going to get you to go into more detail about your 2021 KTM versus your last carb bike, because you, you made the switch straight from carb to yep. TPI. Oh, that's right, because yeah, you went from the TPI Huskies. Yeah, so I, I really haven't seen a huge difference. Well, how much time we got? I well, got nowhere to be. Where are we at? Go ahead. All right, so... A real quick rundown. The biggest thing I noticed when I got the bike, I took it all apart. It's got an extra ECU. It's got all these wiring. It's got all these relays. It's got an oil tank. And I thought, man, this thing's going to be heavy. That was my biggest thought. Um, Got it all put back together. First time I rode it, it was the complete opposite. It felt light. It felt nimble. 
Um, the biggest takeaway, and I guess the reason I think it felt this way, is it was so clean and crisp on the bottom um, and reacted so quickly compared to, you know, maybe my bike wasn't jetted great, but it seemed to, it was just smoother all the way around. My biggest problem is the start. I, I can't figure out how to get the bike to start. And this weekend I got lucky. Like last, I practiced some dead engine starts. Sometimes when I hit the button, it hits twice before the bike starts. Sometimes it hits four times before the bike starts. Yeah, apparently I need to practice my starts where I can't hear. <laughs> yeah, with all the other bikes yeah. running around you? I, I've, I've never in, I, I don't know. I used to be able to, I knew for a fact I would yep. be getting the whole shot. It was just, there was no question. And maybe it's because I'm getting older, but my whole shot is gone. Well, last year on the 18 bike, I knew no matter what, I'm going. And yesterday... When the flag dropped, I just reverted back to that, and the bike started. And Riders was on a TPI next to me, and we were both gone. Yeah, some um, people obviously have it figured out, but I do not. We got lucky, I guess. Um, but so that that is one downside to it. The other thing I've noticed, and maybe everyone out there feels the same way, I feel like a dent in the pipe makes a huge difference. Yep. TPI versus a car bike. I mean, I thought something was wrong with the bike, and I had a pretty good dent in the bottom side of the pipe, like right in front of the skid plate. And it sounded, it felt like I was running with a choke on, on a car bike. That is the reason I'm running a pipe guard right now. Okay. Well, and, I, and I've actually, ironically enough, got a pretty good dent in it, even with the pipe guard I had from the weekend. Um, but so that's kind of the downfall. But, you know, on the car bike, I would leave a pipe on there until it was so deformed I couldn't get it back on. Who cares about <laughs> the dents unless it was flat? Oh, no, you've lost the horsepower. Yeah. But with this thing, it, seem, it seems like it really changes the feel of the bike. Um, right. And so I think I may start blowing them out and at least getting some of it back. And you have gotten yours reflashed with a different ECU. When I well, it's just the factory remap, whatever the newest update is. Um, and so I've actually got two of them, and I didn't realize I hadn't reflashed one of them. And I was getting it ready to race, took it out to actually Blake's family farm, rode it around, and it did not feel near as good as the one that had been reflashed. Interesting. Um, felt like the choke was on. It was just blurbery, wasn't very clean down low. Um, so I need to get it reflashed and, and uh, see if that cleans it up. But, yeah, definitely take it to the dealer, see if they've got an updated map. It, it, I think it makes a difference. Cool. Anything else? Excited for Texas, not excited to drive 13 hours. Yeah, but well, maybe it won't be through a snowstorm. Not, I hope not. But I'm looking forward to it. You know, my wife and I are going, just two of us, and – Looking forward to seeing everyone. We hadn't seen all the big guys since TKO last year, maybe. Right. Um, so I'm looking forward to watching good racing. Goal is to make the top 25. I've never made the main at Rev Limiter, but it, oh, there's a lot of good riders going. That, that first year, you and I both got really close, didn't we? I don't know. We, it was so slick. Remember, I melted down and ended up helping you. I had a bib, and you had tubeless, and I just I gave just up. dumped all the air. Yeah, and you went up the hill, and I swore off bibs for a while after that. Yeah, I think... I think I came into the tent like two minutes after they cut off. Yeah, cut it off. So well, and and if anyone doesn't remember, it used to be in January, and then it was the coldest race ever. Yeah. So then they moved it to early March. Still cold. Was even colder somehow. <laughs> it was like snowing the the last year. They no, had that, that's what I was referring to. Is my dad and I drove through a blizzard. Oh, and get... I didn't think we were going to make it through Memphis. Oh yeah. Well, my wife and I actually left the night before just to get to the other side of Memphis because it was icy and snowy. And then you guys ended up driving through it on Friday. Yeah, it was, it was brutal. So 
But uh, but no, that just to recap, the Sear Bootlegger was a great event. Thanks to those guys for putting it on. Heck yeah. Uh, looking forward to this weekend, and I'm sure we'll have some update. I don't know if I'll do a podcast driving back with my lovely wife, and I'll just run my mouth. We may have to get you to get some interviews while you are waiting around at the end. Hey, absolutely. Just tell me who you want to hear from. We'll go run them down and harass them. The top 25. Okay, I'll try. All right, see you guys out on the trail. All right, thanks for listening.